0: Jack LeBron. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the race tracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Perfect.
1: Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Bravel, and we're talking with Andre Heimgartner, who of course is still based up in Darwin, getting ready for his another weekend in Darwin. Um, you must be excited to be staying at the same track uh, Andre, this weekend. Uh, yeah,
2: it's not too bad. I think there's definitely worse places you could be where currently it's uh, sunny and uh, clear skies every day, and uh, at least 30 degrees. So yeah, definitely fairly warm, and um, it's always good fun here. They have cool things like the middle Markets, lots of cool watering holes ar- around the place, and obviously you have your, your croc adventures and uh, also the track's pretty cool as well. So there's always, always stuff to do.
1: Now, um, I happen to know, having watched a press release and a video that uh, Rick drove there with his family. Um, Todd, of course, traveled with the team, but we don't know what Andre got up to.
2: I, uh, I flew. So I was with the team um, up until we got to the Gold Coast and then um, decided it was best to fly here just to, to save um, energy and stuff, because it's quite, obviously, a long way um, and a lot of traveling. and. We, we do it on a coach, which is an ideal so um, yeah, I flew up uh, a bit earlier and uh, but in, in doing that uh, unfortunately we had to quarantine for a bit and stuff like that so it's uh, not all fun and games we had to stay in the room for a few days and weren't allowed out which was a bit of an eye opener but um, yeah it, it was uh, it's been pretty pretty good and pretty cruisy so far we've had to abide by a few different things just with the whole COVID thing um, depending on where we are but um, it, so far it's just been great to be racing
1: uh, your weekend was uh, a mixed result for you because you had uh, your best qualifying was on the Sunday but your best result was on the Saturday when you didn't use the soft tyre.
2: Yeah, we um, unfortunately on the Sunday we just didn't convert it for for various reasons. Um, we weren't able to turn that into a good result, I think. Um, you know, And I, I sort of stuffed up the second qualifying, which is never good. You never want to do that because we only get one lap in that qualifying session. So for um, stuff that really sort of hurt us. So um, this weekend, definitely want to be trying to nail all those qualifying laps. And we've been pretty good up to now with all the qualifying and stuff like that, especially last round we were on pole. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 overall the weekend, uh, I would say, is a little bit disappointing. But um, you always want to be up there and uh, collecting silverware. But um, we're still learning a lot about the car and the engine and all stuff. So it's not all bad.
1: It is only early days in the development stage, but it must have been very pleasing to see at City Motorsport Park um, that uh, pole position and to see that you've got that speed, you can get that speed.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's a good thing to reassure yourself and the team and everyone that's putting in a lot of hours um, that, you know, we we can do it. So um, in the future, it's just about putting it together. And I think, you know, realistically, we're well inside the top 10 with our car now when we qualify, it's just. Um, you know, we've got to minimise the mistakes and the, the little things outside of that that we can control.
1: Now, you, you, uh, your engine problems um, have persisted slightly, but they're slightly different engine problems, and it's because you're having to do an engine rebuild on the road. Um, Todd's done a terrific job in telling the story, which I, I, when I see him in person, I will compliment it on, because, you know, as you know, you know, getting a getting Getting a complex story across is not an easy task, and there are many people who fail at it, but Todd's done a terrific job in telling a story of the engine rebuilds on the road. Now, the problem, in fact, is one of drivability, as I understand.
2: Yeah, the engine as itself is a very solid unit. They've done a great job, and Todd's done a great job with um, tuning it up since we've been away and had those little issues. Uh, but, yeah, it's more of a drivability thing. The thing is we can't put it really, – we don't have a dyno here to, really sort out the maps and all that stuff for it so we're of having to do that on the run and um unfortunately that's sort of hurting us but um you know i don't think that's necessarily the one thing that's holding us back from getting a result um it's, yep. it's obviously not helping but um it, uh, it doesn't mean you know we qualified on pole last round with with that in the engine If you know what i mean with those little things hanging around so definitely not not an excuse why we uh, uh you know didn't perform
1: one of the things that must be very encouraging is, given that you're, you know, in a brand new car at the start of the, well, not quite brand new, but a, a new body shape, and new engine package, um, it must be encouraging for you, you know, to be sitting in 11th place in the series points. Um, you came out of uh, that particular event last weekend, 12th in the points or the, for that round. Um, so you're just on the edge of notching into the top 10. Uh, as we know, it's a highly competitive series. To be that close, that you must be encouraged by this.
2: Yeah, it is very encouraging this early on. And as you said, we're in the top 10 and we've just got bumped out to 11th or something now. So um, points-wise, yeah, it's been going good. Um, we've been fairly consistent, but um, you'd always want to be a little bit further up. And I think definitely by the season ends, uh, we're going to be looking to be inside that top 10. But it's such an interesting year with all the calendar changes and stuff like that. Um, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, where we're going to end up, where we're going next, but um, yeah, just have to take it as it goes.
1: What do you think will be um, the, the way in which the car will improve? I'm not asking you to tell me, you know, where in which it's it's not good, but do you see, is it the drivability? Um, okay, obviously drivability is, is one thing that uh, the engine will, will improve. I, I would think you must be able to get onto a dyno when you get back to say, if you're going to Queensland Raceway, for instance.
2: Um, yeah, when we we will have a chance once we get back there. But um, so with a, with the car, it's just about learning the aero of the car. So um, you know what what happens when you take wing off, um, where the, the rake of the car needs to be, all sorts of stuff like that. Where is the window for the car that the car works best on a street track, on a you know on a circuit, open flying circuit. So. It's just about figuring all those things out and the engine um, stuff. Yeah, we will be able to do that once they get the QR around that area. So we've got um, some plans for that. So hopefully we'll have it all primed up and, um, you know, come QR, we should have it all pre-sorted.
1: You and Rick have worked together now. Was it, this is your fourth year together?
2: Third year. Third year.
1: Third year, forty, right? Um, you, you must obviously get on well with him. I mean, and your driving styles must complement each other. Do you are you able to sort of come in and think what what Rick can going be saying about the car?
2: Yeah, we seem to have pretty similar styles. Obviously, no one's no one's perfectly you know the same, but um, yeah, we generally like the same car. If if one of us is fast, we would normally bolt in the other guy sit up and almost goes fast there. So. Yeah, definitely it's been something that's been very good for both of us. It's, I've learned a lot of him over the last two years. And um, as a teammate goes, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a, a better one.
0: He's uh, pretty quiet, doesn't doesn't uh, annoy me too much or anything, give me too much grief, and we have some good battles on the track, so it's all good fun. One of the interesting things is you mentioned that you had a couple of days of isolation. Now, from memory, you live in and around the uh, Gold Coast area. So what was it really like being locked down for that that few days? Yeah, it was very interesting. It was a lot harder than I initially
2: thought because we're, we're in a hotel room, my particular room faced out to a car park um, and we couldn't open the windows and get fresh air in. And it's the old thing that, you know, if someone said, okay, well, you're just going to have to spend two days inside and just chill out and all that stuff. I would have been like, oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll do that. But it was more that you were forced, you know, we arrived at the airport and we' police escorted almost into our rooms and stuff like that. So, it was all fairly full-on and I think there's a bit of shock and the, the fact you can't leave your room makes you want to leave your room. So, um, yeah, it was very difficult. Just put it Just puts some perspective, the guys that have to do two weeks in isolation, um, it would
0: be extremely tough and I can see the challenges that they have there. What was it then that you saw when you got released? What was the first thing you did? Well, you're almost a bit lost, but um, we uh, caught up with some mates, went out by the pool and
2: had a beer and sort of just relaxed and, um, yeah, went out for dinner and all that sort of stuff, So, um, but yeah, it was very, very strange to be in that situation, and everyone just got like a phone call, call and um, then we're out, so it was all a bit of a shock and very sudden.
0: Did you think at any stage when you're sitting on the plane or you're heading to the airport and then getting told to turn around and go back, was there any stage where you thought it might not be on? Yeah, there was always doubt and and everything up until sort of now, which
2: obviously in a hot spot in Sydney, and then it turned into one in the Gold Coast. So we're always chasing our tails, trying to make sure that we were actually able to race somewhere at some stage. Uh, but luckily now we're in Darwin. We're sort of at, at the peak, I guess, of the uh, normalness in Australia. You know, COVID hasn't affected up here too much, luckily. So um, anywhere we go from here, they're uh, they a bit more um, welcoming for us to sort
0: of come and um, you know race their tracks and all that sort of stuff so you mentioned you have got the freedom to room around the town now for the uh, run-up to next week's event
2: yeah it's a bit like normal it's like living your normal life which is a bit weird um, coming from Melbourne which is obviously very restricted and all that sort of stuff so yeah here we can
0: basically go out dinner and uh, you know go socialize like we would normally do which is a, you know a bit of fresh air and uh, just a final one from me now is that what are you able to do with this four week run being in and around the team? I imagine you're seeing each other more than ever and you're able to talk racing more than ever.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, it's got good and bad things, I guess. So you, um, you get to know people, you know, really well within the team. You know, there's a few people that clash as they always do in every team, but, um, yeah, overall, it's really good. Everyone's getting to know each other. We're having dinner every night and talking about things, do with the car and all sorts of stuff. And having four weeks in a row is, is pretty golden. Um, just from uh, you know being able to be on the run and be consistent and just tune as we go, and you really gather a
0: lot more information. So overall, it's quite positive and something you know cool that we wouldn't have done before. You've done a lot of racing. Did you ever do four weeks in a row in carts or any of the other divisions you raced? Um, yeah, I've done that quite a few times for so the last few, few years.
2: I think I even had one that was about eight weeks in a row in different categories and stuff. And um, Awesome stuff, here. So, yeah, it's not new particularly for me, but um, I guess to be with one team doing four weeks in a row is definitely new.
1: You were even doing four weeks in a row this year, weren't you? Um, when I came over and did the TRS for the first time. You were running in your V8 over there, the Toyota V8. Uh, is that- yeah, I
2: think there was there was yeah before the um, uh, AGP got called off. Yeah, we we're um, yeah, racing a lot of the time there, So yeah, this, yeah. this year year was really busy too.
1: D- Doesn't January February this year seem like five years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been
2: crazy. That we've done so little, and it's already um, you know this late in the year. It's yeah. Uh, I always Are think you- of it. I'm like, Jesus, we've only done like five rounds, and it's you know. <laughs> August yes. or October, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, um, you wouldn't have been back to New Zealand, of course, since uh uh you finished the uh, Toyota series there, or not the uh, the New Zealand V eights. Um and you've been based in Melbourne until you had to go to Sydney, uh, for the Sydney Motorsport Park rounds, right? correct? Yeah,
2: I uh would like to go see my family at some stage, but obviously New Zealand's having their own sort of dramas at the moment and um yeah, it would be nice, nice to see your family get a home-cooked meal and all that sort of stuff, but um, I think at the moment we just got to be grateful that we all have jobs and, um, you know, that things are ticking along and just do our part to sort of, you know, make sure it all ends out all right. I
1: know that you, you now know that you opted out to do the, the road trip, but are you seeing that there is a, a, a greater bond between uh, your guys in the bus um, as they've driven up here and been together for such a long time?
2: Um, yeah, greater bond or greater annoyance between them. I don't know which one it is, but they, uh, yeah, definitely getting in people's uh, personal space and um, you know a lot of a lot of chatting going on about different topics. A few sort of debates about different things, and also a good banter. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I'd say the coach is a different way to fly than obviously on a than flying because um, yeah, it actually has to be in a box with someone you know ten hours a day traveling on the road, eating lunch by the side of the truck and then back in back in the coach. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a different way of doing it and I think it's definitely helped them sort of uh, come together as one.
1: And engine-wise, who's traveling with you, Tony Freeman? No, no, so
2: Todd's the engine guy, so he's done everything to do with oh. that while we've been away, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> and, and so he, he's been rebuilding
2: all the engines and our data engine, engineers actually um, learned how to do the maps and all that sort of stuff like that because we have – such restrictions on our um, number of people we can be here. It, like many people have had to sort of cross into different areas that they wouldn't have done before. So it's actually been quite interesting to
0: see people grow and, and into different areas. So he's not just putting his hands on the rocker covers for the video.
2: <laughs> no, 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 he's actually doing the work. So yeah, he's doing a lot, lot
1: in that area. And Dylan Talabani is your engineer still.
2: Yep, yep, sure is. So this is our fifth year, I think, or fourth year working together. So it's been going well so far.
1: So That's fantastic. Yeah, look, you know, he's got an amazing story in his life as well, of course. Um, It makes anybody else in Australia sort of like, oh, right, okay, that wasn't easy, was it, you know?
2: Yeah, I don't even know a lot of the stuff that – they got said in that article about him and his life, so yeah, it's fairly interesting, sort of seeing it from a different perspective. And um, you know, it makes it respect respect him and what he's been through. I guess to sort of get where he is now.
1: As you well know, I mean, uh, living in Australia, we're, we're fortunate. We know what's going on in the rest of the world, unlike, say, if you're living in America where they're obviously, you know, very insular and they don't. Um, and that's one of the things that, that um, makes it stand out for somebody who is able to come here uh, and get the job of his his dreams, work in the, in the industry he wants to work. It, it's it's a wonderful thing that, that you know, Andrew, of course, to see motor racing working in the way in which it is. I understand that Brad Jones has joined the bus brigade. Um, It's a pity more teams didn't sort of think that we should do that. But it's uh, this amazing thing, four weeks of racing in a row in Australia in a country this size. is quite extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, well, the amount of driving
2: around alone, I mean, there's a lot of travel and then you've got to prepare the cars on top of that. So they're only going to have about two days to prepare the cars. Um, between this next Darwin and Townsville so for sure there's challenges that, that get put there and um, yeah, Australia is not a small place like like New Zealand if you did it four weeks in a row in New Zealand like they do in this area, it's uh, you know pretty cruisy compared to this because there's only a few hours to sort of drive between locations but
0: yeah, definitely um, it will be interesting to see which teams adapt faster. And does that put something in your mind about how you have to conduct yourself this weekend, knowing that they either have to prep the car before they put it in the trailer to get to Townsville or they need to load up real quick and then do whatever they have to do at the other end.
2: Yeah, well you don't want to drag it back on two wheels. That's <laughs> that's the thing because um they've actually got a, a roll out that night. So um you've gotta have, you know, a certain amount of uh you know, respect for that and um hopefully, you know, you get away with little to no damage and you're able to sort of Pack it in the truck, and just even little things like front bars. You know, we we only have a you know two per car um, of the stick that we want to use. And if you, for example, you know hit someone a bit too hard and you damage that front bar, then you only have one left, and to repair that isn't as simple as you'd imagine because we can't just go back to the workshop and you know get our guys to fix it. Um, you'd have to go to a uh, normal paint shop and saying to a paint shop, "Paint shop, you know, I, I want to get this front bar painted in a day and and fixed." They'll so sort of look at you sideways and don't Know if you're being serious or not, so yeah, there's all sorts of challenges with that. And the cars, after all this, are going to look a little bit second hand, I think, just because naturally you can't just chuck as much parts at it as you want because you're on the road, you don't have all the supplies, we only have a certain number of everything. Um, so yeah, definitely there's challenges all over the place for that sort of damage aspect of it.
1: Can you feel the differences? I mean, it's obviously only 12 months or more than 12 months, it's a 13 months or so since you drove the Nissan there at uh, Hidden Valley. Can you feel the differences for the Mustang? I mean, obviously you talk about the aero and getting that to work. So obviously that's where you feel it. Um, the drivability of the Mustang is obviously hindered at the moment, but the way in which it acts under brakes and, and through those series of five, six, seven, things like that, can you feel that difference?
2: Yeah, well, the the major only major difference really is the aero. The engine is slightly different, but the um, the aero is the main thing. So it's a lot more stable under brakes compared to what we had in the Nissan and has a very different trait. So it's um, generally got a lot of understeer compared to what we had. So you're always trying to sort of tune that out. And I think we've sort of found the midpoint now. But, yeah, it's actually very interesting. Our setups are quite a lot different to when we had the Nissan. so. Um, it's just learning about that, and sort of what we learnt and used on the Nissan doesn't really work with this. So um, yeah, there's a lot to learn with that, with the Mustang. Obviously, two door car versus four door car, all that sort of stuff. It makes a big difference, and the wing on the on the Ford is about twice the size of what we had on this, and so yeah, very different.
1: Do you find yourself uh, uh, looking at those red and yellow cars and the, uh, the other ones, the five or six in the in pit lane Mustangs, and because of at long last, you've actually got a car that is the same as other people's compared to four years or so, or three years of, of not running the same thing?
2: yeah well, it's good to know that you've got you know the the right body to start with, and um you can sort of go from there and um obviously when when we got pole, it was good to sort of know that you know we have the package here and we have the same car as those guys, and there's no reason you can't get those results now so it's um it's nice to finally have that that, that same stuff and I guess that excuse is gone now uh, of of having medicine and not having the same stuff as the other guys.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Andre, for joining us today on Inside Supercars. We certainly wish you well for this coming weekend because uh, you're in one of the teams that has uh, created a great story about themselves. Um, it's, it's a good story and it's being well told by Todd and Rick. And, and I'm sure that um, Castrol and Ned are certainly feeling they're worthwhile being involved with your team. Best of luck with next weekend, and we look forward to uh, catching up with you, uh, well, certainly before Bathurst.
2: No worries. uh, Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Our pleasure. And that's it from Inside Supercars with Andre Heimgartner at Hidden Valley for his getting ready for his second weekend in a row. Thank you to Craig, and Tony Sid, for Inside Supercars.
0: Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more